Hi, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we are track walking in sweater fleece. I got, I got my zip-up sweater on. It's, it's my old man sweater and it keeps me warm and I'm so happy. I've got I've got I've got two quarter zips on. It's like a half zip. Well, yeah, you might <laughs> no, like, you but two might quarter zips together would be like a half zip, right? Isn't are zippers additive? No, <laughs> no, they would need to be connected or something. Yeah, like I can't just wear two and just like use one zipper. It's probably true. Um, so it's it's been a hot minute since we've had like a proper heavy. I don't want to say heavy topic. But like a proper philosophical discussion. This is true. And I want to talk about the idea called the other and betrayal. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. But why? No, I don't want to. No, I'm not going to go there yet. Not going to do it. (laughs) I have no idea what you're talking about, but go. Yeah. So there is in philosophy and theology and all these ologies sort of thing, there's this idea of the other, which is just not you. So there is you and then there is the rest of the world, the people you interact with, ideas, things like that. So this idea assumes that you're kind of self-aware, you know what's going on around you, you have some sense of identity, or at least you think you do. And then to have the other, you need something outside of yourself. Kind of. Is it, is it the acknowledgement of that thing outside yourself? For sure. You need to be aware of it. Okay. So like, I don't think you can be a rock. Like you need to, you need to have perception. You need to, just be able to know that there are things around you, people around you primarily. And at, at the heart of this idea of the other is that it's really scary (laughs) to have other people be around you because the other, the other I'll just say is really a mystery to you. You know what they tell you. You know how they come across. You may know what they chose to wear on that particular day. You you know you may know some facts and history about them, but you at the core of it you really don't know them. And this can become especially complicated if you've been married for as long as Seth has. Long time. Because like you know your partner pretty well. Maybe. But that's the thing. Like, if if we're really being (laughs) honest and if we're, like, really looking at all this stuff, um, there's still things that can surprise us after years of being friends with somebody or partnered with somebody or working with somebody. They'll do something unexpected, and that can be unsettling. Dare I say, given the season we're in, haunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spooky. There you go. 
Um, and I, I, it's these moments are interesting to me um, because when you've been with somebody for so long or when you've been, again, friends with somebody for so long and they do something unsurprising or you go out to dinner and they order something they don't typically order, it's just kind of a reminder that we don't really know the inner workings of this thing that is next to us or across from us, that they are wholly other than us. We know some things, but we don't really know. And this acknowledgement, I don't know, what's, what, when's the last time something like that's happened to you? where this literally know. this last weekend except i was the other well i can't even remember what my one of my kids asked me a thing and i told them a story from my childhood asked me a thing i'm like oh yeah i did this thing and my wife looks at me and she's like we have been together for 25 years and you've never told me that story and i was like well it happened i don't know what to tell you like you just haven't jarred my memory in that direction i can't I don't know. And so she looked at me like I had this whole world of mystery inside me still, yeah. which I mean, I do. I'm a deep and mysterious person, obviously. Mm. Yeah. But it, yeah. Like what else am I hiding? It's, I don't even know. <laughs> yes. Because you just don't remember. Hasn't been yeah. jarred out of you. But yeah, it's, it's in those moments that you just like, you, you look at, you look at that person and you're like, who are you? <laughs> Like, exactly. Like I, I thought I had you like simplified. I thought I had you figured out, and really, like I don't know. And even like our track friends, who generally we know even smaller amount, it's easy to kind of whittle these people we see at the track down to like only who they are at the track. But like we met up with some uh, one of our track friends. Never have met them outside the track at all. Um, she looked very put together. We were wearing normal clothes, and she kept asking me what was wrong because I was a lot quieter than I am <laughs> than when I'm at the track. It's just like I'm I'm not at the track, and it's like I don't really know who you are. And that yeah, I've had I've had my wife ask me like. I've been talking about track friends and she's just like, what do they do for a living? I'm like, no idea. Yeah, I don't know. Not, not relevant. Like who they are outside the track is not particularly relevant to our relationship. So I don't really ask. Yeah. <laughs> she I've, thinks that's super weird. I mean, I've got friends. I don't really know their last names. Yeah. People I've known for years. Yeah. <laughs> Could also be a guy thing, but that's besides the point at the moment. But when these, when you kind of encounter the other, and the other can can be that long long term wife of yours, it can be the friend you've known since childhood. All of a sudden, like again, it just you're you're shocked. Something isn't lining up. This person is nobody you really know, and it can kind of leave us feeling like disconnected and lonely, you know, because like if I don't know this person, like who do I know 
out there. Like it's it's very jarring. Um, you know, it's like seeing pictures of your parents when they were young and realizing that they probably led interesting and cool lives before they had you. It's weird. That is weird. Like it's genuinely like, wait, you guys, <laughs> you guys might have been cool to somebody. So do we? Do we have a tendency to to catalog people because we meet a new person and we know that we don't know about them? Sure, I think and, we have to. Right, like if you're a reasonable human, that's like you meet people and you're curious about them and and you talk and you meet them and and as you know someone for longer they they go from that category of an unknown entity into semi-known and then you marry them and hang out with them for 25 years and and they're sort of like all the way at the end of like this is my bookend for ability to know a human i know this human better than any other human well hopefully you're not marrying everybody you meet but yeah no well yeah. right but also like it's a <laughs> it's a pyramid inverted sure. pyramid a funnel well i mean when you when you meet somebody or if you remember way back when when you used to date like there are the standard questions to get to know people it's like where do you live what do you do for work and what are your hobbies and maybe what's your favorite color if, or your favorite dinosaur, which should have, always be a question. I haven't dated since college. So I, like, I know. not like but none like, of those were relevant in college <laughs> because you just like, we're all trapped. You're getting degrees, right? Cool. Like, right. That was, but, yeah. but like we, we ask these fundamental questions and that's like who the person is to us. Like we right. don't, yeah, we, we, we define them. We, we we're trying to put people into certain boxes. Right. Where we can sort of, like, if we know you're in this box, then we can sort of establish other things about you or right. refine it. Exactly. Yeah, I think that's I think that's right because it's, it's hard to grasp. Well, and I don't think we can grasp the depth of the world, let alone, like, one other person. I just, I don't think it's possible. So this idea of the other's when we actually encounter the other. And again, the other is this idea and this experience, uh, the encounter of coming face-to-face with somebody whom you suddenly realize you know very little about. And again, like it can kind of make us feel disconnected and lonely. And like if, if we really like let that sit and permeate, we kind of realize that we are other to others as well. Like your, your example in the car is like, you told this story, like you hadn't thought about in a while, but it's not shocking or surprising to you in any way. It's something that happened and came up, told the story and that's that. But then all of a sudden, like, if you really like let your wife's I don't want to say disappointment, but like your your wife's shock <laughs> at who you are. I don't know what the story is, but like just shock at like who who are you? Right, right. Like you are other 
to everyone else. Like you are not known to everyone else. They know things about you. I find that very encouraging though. Like I I like being semi, I want to say semi mysterious, but it gives me joy and hope in the world to know that, that I might continue to be interesting to people. Sure. Because I don't know if I have a fear of being boring. That's probably not an accurate way to do it. But um, I have always perceived part of my value to other people is is by being interesting. Um, and I feel like if I wasn't at all interesting, I would lose some of my value to people. So I like being mysterious. Mm-hmm. I like thinking that I'm mysterious to at least some extent. Well, it's really healthy in like super long-term relationships. If yeah, you, yeah, yeah. It, like if you just do the same things every day, you say the same things, you have the same experiences every day uh, with somebody else. Like it's like, we actually need that shock and that experience of this other person that, you know, being other, we actually need that. But I think like even, you know, even if we take that experience personally and we realize that we're other to others, it's not a far step to go to realize that we're actually other to ourselves, that we actually don't really know ourselves. Now, these experiences can come up less in common conversation, but more through experiences and times that we don't rehearse very well, like in times of panic or stress or anger or trauma, things like that. That really brings out the experience of, I can't believe I said that, or, oh my God, I really did that. Like all of a sudden you can see, you can look at yourself from the outside and kind of be, sometimes be appalled, sometimes hopefully be pleasantly surprised, but kind of shocked at the decisions and choices that you made. So is it one of those things where you say something out loud and you hear yourself say it and you're like, if somebody else in the room had said that, I would have judged the shit out of them. Certainly Except could be. That was me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, dis- I hope that doesn't dis- happen a disappointment, lot in life. But... Disappointment with yourself. <laughs> yeah. And and that doesn't happen a lot in life, but I think all of us at, at some point have said something where we're like, like, if the other person had said this, I would be so disappointed in them. And now I think I need to be disappointed in me. And I don't know how that makes me feel. Yeah. Or like somebody really makes you angry and you say something in the heat of the moment that you regret um, and you wish you could take it back immediately. That certainly is an experience I think most of us have had. Right. 
or just brings out this side of you that like you're not proud of or in a high stress situation where you've there's a you know i'm thinking in the paddock there's a car on fire starts on fire like in paddock or in grid what do you do you know in the all these emergency situations you know it's used to be a, a pastime of a lot of people like all right so you're in a car accident this happens what's your choice or okay say you're a parent your kid gets kidnapped but you find the guy what do you do you know these right. these kind of like high stakes like black and white pictures like you know would you punch the guy would you like what would what would in we don't know and that's like that's the thing i think we have hopes and we have aspirations and maybe fears about what we would do but like we you don't know we don't know ourselves luckily my life is boring enough that i don't know <laughs> most of that about myself um I don't know if I'd want, like, do you want to know all that about yourself or do you want to keep the possibilities open? That's a, that's a great question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I, I mean, if, if you've regretted anything you've ever done, I think you realize how disturbing that experience can be. Because you've encountered a part of yourself that you don't want and a part of yourself you're pretty embarrassed or ashamed at. But it's a part of you. And, like, we can certainly, like, push it down. We can, uh, you know, pretend like it's not there. But, like, it's a part of us. So I think that's where this whole thing starts to disturb me a little bit when I think about it too much. Because when I, if, if I can think of something that like I'm genuinely like morally embarrassed about that I've done, clearly I don't want to tell everybody on a podcast, dig deep that deep into myself. But let's just say I've done something where I'm like, I, in that moment, I'm well aware that I was a person I didn't want to be. Sure. And the big thing about that is it's an, is not that I suddenly became that person, but I let that person go to the outside. That means, so so did I become that person in the moment or was I always that person and I didn't actualize that person until I allowed the events to happen? Mm. And so does that mean inside of me, like like all the potential real versions of me, there's like some super shitty versions. Like <laughs> there, sure. there's like some super terrible for me's sure. and they're literally just waiting for the opportunity to have me say yes or no to that version of me. And then I extrapolate that to the world around me. And I'm like, my God, I'm surrounded by psychopaths. So... This is what I think is fascinating. I'll I'll go down this train, this side side path, side quest here. I think that's the interesting thing about how we handle our justice system and our sense of justice in this country, especially. And even the way we talk about things we dis- disagree with in culture right now is we want them gone. We want them 
you know, we want them canceled. We want them locked away. Um, potentially even killed. Like we want them to not exist. Or if they do exist, like we want no knowledge of it to be way over there. And what I find sad and disappointing about that is that, well, I I first want to acknowledge that I, I understand why we want that because Mm -hmm. I think if we were to take a moment and realize that we were probably one or two decisions away from exactly what that person did, that would be deeply uncomfortable to see somebody on death row for a choice that they made and realize had we been in that same situation, we may have made the same choice or a very similar choice. That is deeply disturbing. That's encountering the other in yourself that (laughs) can shake the foundation of who you believe that you are. Right. Yeah. We're, we have a, I think we have a lot of trouble distinguishing between like truly intentional choice and things that just happen in a moment. For sure. Um, because when we make a mistake, when I've made mistakes, I've gone, it happened in the moment, and I wish I wasn't that person, and I want to be forgiven, and the part of me that I let out is not the real me. And, and that's how I want the world to view my mistakes. Sure. And I w- will admit that I'm as much as anybody else when i when i encounter someone doing something that i that i view as morally reprehensible i'm like how could they have made that decision yeah how dare you yeah like like how could you even think about that to the degree that you just decided to do it yeah um consciously and obviously, you and not not only did you do it but like i bet you planned this i bet yeah. you thought this through all the way to the end and you like you methodically went through and planned this. Not how that works. Yeah. And so, yes, when you really start thinking about a lot of the stuff, it, it can make you, makes me uncomfortable. Yeah. Well, and just like you said it, you know, you, you would want the other person, you would want the world to know that you had let a part of you out that isn't you, but it is. <laughs> And it always has been. It's always been the potential, we could even say. That like our our lives are full of potential in all different sorts of beautiful, creative, and terrifying ways. Um so yeah. this is where I want to make the turn into um why other people are important to us. And we've kind of been circling around this now for a few minutes. But the idea is that, so we we kind of, we can have these 
experiences where we realize that this person that we know is other to us, but we are also other to them. And really, we're other to ourselves. So this is where the relationship between this other and that other can come in is that I'm not who I think I am. And we've talked about that a whole lot on this show. I'm not who I think I am. And the one I think most everyone can agree easiest with is I'm not who you think I am. Right. That one's easy. I'm not who you think I am. Of course. How, how could you possibly know who I am? Because there's no, I mean, if nothing else, there's no way I'm going to let you know everything. So you right. can't right. possibly know everything. Yeah. How, because How dare you assume, sir? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, so I'm not who you think I am, but I'm not who I think I am because of these glimpses into our beautiful and terrifying possibilities. Right. But I am who I think you think I am. And I'm going to say that again because it's confusing as hell. So I am who I think you think I am. So it's my person. <laughs> so it's my perception of what you take from me. That's who I am. So perception is everything. So you have to have the relationship, right? It's got to be there. And the perception has to be there. But then it's all assumption. And it's because I don't know myself. You don't know me. But you don't know you. But I am who I think you think I think I am. So... Like we, we know ourselves, this will be, this will be a kind of a good encapsulation. We know ourselves through the interaction with others. It's, it's through others that we really interact with the world. It's through their eyes of us. That is who we are. Okay, I've got I've got two things, and I want to ask you. <laughs> okay. I want to run two situations by you because I think I sort of maybe understand this. Okay. First one. This was, is getting this is getting thick, by the way. So. Yeah. The, <laughs> if if the you're still one, listening, good for you. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Either way. <laughs> so the first one was I was in college, and was I this the story you told? No. Oh damn. No. Okay. And I just started. Dating my wife, my who wife. was to become my wife, yep. and um, she had uh, a good friend of hers that was somebody that I didn't know at all. But we had sort of crossed paths through the fact that we had both taken classes in the electrical engineering department, and so like he knew who I was, small department, and I kind of knew who he was, but we'd never spoken a word to each other. Mm-hmm. And it turns out he kind of had a crush on my wife. And so I started dating her and he was like, he didn't like me. And someone was like, he hates you. And I was like, that's not fair. 
if he talked to me and hated me, I'd be fine with it. But not, but hating me without knowing me is totally unfair. Like, I don't mind if you think I'm a dick. And this is me at, you know, 22 years old, 21 years old. Like, I don't care if you think I'm an asshole at 22 years old. As long as you think I'm that way because you know me. Mm. But if you don't know me and you think I'm I'm a dick, that really bothered me. <laughs> really grinds your gears. It did. <laughs> I want to be like, let's get in a room and then you can hate me. Yeah, let's fight. I don't want to fight. I, <laughs> I just want to reveal myself to you. So that you can hate me for a reason. But like we just talked, you could try to reveal yourself and he still wouldn't know who the hell you are. Anyway, so that really bothered me. Yeah. In that moment, it really bugged me. I get it. So fast forward. Okay. To social media I, when it's even worse. <laughs> no. So so I've I've told a bunch of people that that the person they see in me, especially over the last 18 years, is the person I want my children to think that I am. Hold, hold on. One more time. So the person that a lot of people know mm -hmm. as Seth yep. is the person that I want my children to think that I am. Mm. you want to cultivate I'm going to say persona and I mean that in the best way possible yes okay. like I'm I am fairly even tempered I don't curse openly a lot um, I unless you're on a podcast with, with uh, slip angle right then yeah, you no, cuss no. a lot constantly <laughs> But, but a lot of people know me in the world because I spent, in the last 18 years, I had, of, of my public time, I've had my children around me just extensively, right? Sure. And so if you have been around me when I'm around my children, the person you know of as me is the person that I want my children to think that I am. Yeah. And I'm very true. conscious about that. So if you knew me through like elementary school PTO, you like, I am a very cultivated version of myself because I'm tr trying to be a better person than I really am so that my children think I'm a better person than I really am. And that, and that's not just public, but that, that comes down to like, you know, like I would hide a bag of chips behind stuff at the house because I don't want my kids to think I'm the kind of dude who just like mouths down on Doritos when he's feeling snacky. No, no. I want my kids to think I'm the kind of guy who grabs an apple. Wait, wait. What kind of Doritos though? Just, just see, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm right, generally, right. A, I'm generally a nacho cheese guy, like straight, like traditional mm -hmm. all nacho cheese Doritos. But every now and again, I get a Cool Ranch vibe, and and people judge me for that, and so, I don't really do Cool Ranch in public. That's uh, it's a private thing. Well, definitely didn't record that part. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, I 
here's what I think is interesting about you wanting to cultivate this image for your children, which as a father myself and as somebody who has friends and loved ones who I would also want them to think certain things about myself as well is if we go back to I am who I think you think I am is who your kids think you are has nothing to do with what how you think about yourself and it has everything to do with what you think about them sit with well, that for a minute. I'm going to have to think about that for a while <laughs> <laughs> so yeah like as you're again like if you're still dating or if you're meeting new people for the first time or a new coworker like this this is everywhere or if you're wheel to wheel racing on a race car track yes we are still talking about racing here i was just about to bring this yeah. back to racing yeah is like what you think about yourself like has nothing to do it has everything to do with how you think about the other person that's that's what's important to them which may sound a little selfish but it's we're ego driven people and that i mean that in the best possible way not in a selfish me 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 sort of way but like we are persons who are concerned with their own well-being and like is this is going, this why i need to be cooler when i'm at grid life Seth, you're going to be who you are, and I kind of adore that. <laughs> but at the same time, now that I know a little bit more each week, like you definitely try to be the best version of self, Seth. <laughs> or at least that version of Seth. That I do. I try really hard. I know. And then I meet the Seth up at, uh, up at the UP cottage, and it's like, same but different. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, think about that. Think about that for a little bit. That I am who I think you think I am. And we know ourselves through the interaction with others. And that's why, like, so there, there was going to be a second part to this episode, but I think we've... We've gone on long enough with that. I I don't want to bring in the betrayal part. That'll be a completely different episode. Uh, that'll that's gonna that would break me right now. Yeah, uh, me too. Actually, as we're talking about it, <laughs> but it's it's with the interaction of others that we know ourselves. It is again like when we had Dusty on last year sometime. It was only when he hit the brakes at my turn-in point at Road America at the Kink that I learned a great deal about myself <laughs> and about how angry I can get and about how long I can hold on to that. Even though the moments passed, no ill will was meant. But I, I encountered myself as the other in that moment. Like, oh my God, like I'm really this guy? Like I'm really the guy who gets mad about this thing that was done 
with no ill will and just decided to like chew on that for 20 or 30 minutes fuck that's gross it's it's not a very good very not a very good scott no it's not but guess what it's part of me (laughs) now i i do think that we can that we can change that we can develop and grow and i think i mean that's part of the premise of this show how you do anything is how you do everything that become a better person, become a better race car driver and vice versa. But it's through those unexpected interactions with other people that draws out new and novel experiences and reactions and points of view, which is one of the reasons, and this would be the segue to the other episode why coaching is very important, but ultimately can be disturbing at the same time, haunting since Halloween, when this comes out, will be a few weeks ago because we are getting a perspective on ourselves that we do not have and that we are not capable of having without that other person. So before we end this, because you're freaking me out. And we are going to end this. Because you're freaking me out. <laughs> okay. I want to ask you about me real quick. I'll be honest. Okay. So Green I, is definitely your color. Uh, thank you. Yeah. You're Feeling good. So I started uh, rock climbing, hit a climbing gym yep. about uh, this, this last spring. Um, and in, in a prior life, rock climbing was extremely important to me. Um, arguably even in a way that racing isn't now or hasn't been, um, it was, it was an identifier of who I was. And that um, ice climbing was part of that. Ice climbing was part of that. So yep. it was, it was everything to the, to the point where like I didn't climb. I was a climber. Um, for that period of time in my life that, and this was from when I was, you know, 18 to 24, 25. So a a really pivotal period of time in, in almost anybody's life where they really do become, go through, go through the actions of becoming who they are. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I started climbing again at the climbing gym and they have um, auto blayers. So these machines that catch you and if you were to and and i could very easily do this i could i could get certified to belay so like become the manual person that that handles the rope and catches a person and does all that i was was a climbing instructor for five years in school i taught hundreds of people how to belay like i can go belay it's not a problem i like belaying it's it's a lot of fun i have steadfastly refused to get certified to belay. Okay. And I can tell you why I think I've refused to get certified to belay. Like I won't even let someone else belay me. I've had like, I have, I have people at the gym who have been like, Oh, I'll belay you on this route. And I'm like, no, I don't do that now. Hmm. Okay. And I can tell you why I think I'm doing that, mm-hmm. but 
but I don't know if I know myself well enough to know if that's the truth. Why, well, why do you think you're doing that? I think I'm trying, the, the phrasing I've used when I've told other people this is I'm trying not to become a climber again. Because your interaction with other people would lead you to be possibly become that guy? Yeah, I'm trying to create distance. Create a boundary that prevents me from becoming that person that I was when I was a climber. Not that I don't like that person. Like, like it was... It was a wonderful period of my life. I love the things that I did. But if I become a climber again, which is a, a persona that I've shed, what does that mean? And so in order to keep from answering that question, I just don't. Yeah, so don't. Actually, it seems like you're actively avoiding getting feedback from other people. Like, by avoiding, again, I am who I think that you think I am, you're just avoiding them thinking anything about you. Or at least that's what you think you're trying to do. Yeah, I thought it was like literally about not becoming that person. Mm. And now I'm wondering if, maybe it has more to do with not wanting them to think I'm that person, not wanting to interact in that way. Um, I don't know. Like, I don't, I actually don't know the answer anymore. And I wonder if that has, <laughs> you know, I have a, I have a car in my driveway. I could go autocross with, I could start it and send crap tires right now, but I could go autocross it. And I'm, I like autocrossing and I'm very, very, very reluctant to go do that. Mm. Well, tune in next week to see Seth's ever evolving knowledge about himself. <laughs> I hope you don't think I have these answers because I don't. I, don't, I can ask you questions. have the questions. Yeah, exactly. I can come up with maybe some half-cocked questions from time to time. But uh, certainly not. Certainly no answers for you here, Seth. I am who I think you think I am. The, and I don't know who I am. Yeah. The idea of the other. Which is me and you. And me to and myself. Everybody. And me to you. And you to me. Anyway. <laughs> we're track walking. If you've made it this far, you are absolutely one of us. Uh, <laughs> check us out at Track Walking Chats on Facebook. It's where we hang out a lot. Uh, track Walking Podcast, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, if you could, uh, leave us a review. Subscribe. Like, share with a coworker or a long-lost relative. I don't know. Might be fun. But anyway, for the two of us anyway, this week, I'm Scott. And I'm Seth. And we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>